OTB GAA. OTB GAA. Now, there are 11 county finals down for decision across the country this weekend and now we're going to look forward to three of the football deciders which are due to be played on Sunday. In a few minutes' time we'll be looking ahead to the football deciders in both Kildare and Donegal but we start with Leash where there's a parish battle. The reigning champions Port Arlington who are going for their third in a row and their 15th if they were to uh, lift the bobble key for the weekend go up against O'Dempsey's who've got two titles so far at MW Hire or Moore Park. On commentary for Midlands 103 will be former Leash captain John O'Loughlin who's here with us. John, how are you getting on? How are you, Will? Yeah, I'm great, thanks. How's all with you? All good. This is a very interesting final. They played as a parish battle back in 1963 where O'Dempsey's come out on top. They haven't met in a final since. So there's a couple of generations which have passed by without these two neighbours going up against each other. And I can only imagine what the rivalry's probably been like around Port Arlington over the last week or so. Yeah, I'd say it's been pretty intense, Will, and I'd imagine it'll be very intense at four o'clock on Sunday. And I just read there a, a while ago that all 30 players who are starting will have gone to the same secondary school, which I think is a is a crazy stat. Uh, so that just shows you how tightly knit these communities are, you know, how intertwined they are. So, uh, yeah, look, I, I'm really looking forward to it, I must say. I think it's uh, it's it's all the ingredients to be a really good game of football and uh, may the best team win. Yeah, Clos East have gone a real production line. I think both sides of the county border for Offaly and Leash, but these lads would have all went to school together, all know each other, probably from development panels too. Des Cooney, the referee, was even saying that last weekend. He uh, would have formerly managed Port Arlington. He says he knows both sets of players by name because he would have refereed all of them over the last uh, few years as well. And look, you've played against uh, these teams at Rose and Alice in recent times in the Leash Championship. And like this year, John, there wasn't a whole lot between them. It was a very late point from Jake Fox they got the win for Port Arlington when they met in round two but maybe that shows that O'Dempsey's can run this Port team quite close Oh absolutely absolutely and you know O'Dempsey's were missing their arguably their best player that night and I would say arguably the best player at least at the minute Mark Barry um, and as you said Jake Foster got a last minute score to, to win the match now listen that wasn't the business end of the championship so it's it's a different ballpark on Sunday you know this is this is a real championship obviously it's the final but uh you know, there's no second chances. So it'll be very close. I think MC's, you know, they've been building with own Kearns over the last couple of years. They have great kind of youth in the team with, you know, sporadic experience as well. Um, so they will really fancy their chances. I, I, I don't think they'll be going into this match thinking we might have a chance. I would imagine they're going into this match expecting fully to win the match as a Port Arrington who are going for three in a row and really dug it out against Port Leash, you know, and... and Credit to Port Arlington for getting this far and they probably haven't shown the form of the last two years, but it's a sign of a good team, you know, when you're winning matches and you're not playing to your potential. So, um, yeah, look, it's, as I said, it's the ingredients to be a really good match and I'm looking forward to a few of the matchups. I, I really can't wait to see who picks up Mark Barry because he, he could be the winning and losing of the match. You mentioned Port Arlington just getting over the line against Port Leash in that Battle of the Ports a couple of weeks ago and so much of that comes down to the save that Scott Osborne makes late in the game. I mean, it went viral, the video, because of the way he scrambled across uh, to make the save, but they had him to thank. I mean, for the best part, they were under the cosh for quite a bit of that game. Oh, the whole game, well, really, and Port Leash were excellent. You know, and Port Leash, they got a serious trimming off Port in the final last year and, and you know... I know a few of the Port Leash boys fairly well and they're hurting, you know, as anyone would be when you get a bad beating. So they were gunning for Port this year and they were excellent. Um, you know, they had a great game plan and they really, really looked for large stages. They were going to win the match. But again, credit to Port Arlington. 
they dug it out. Paddy O'Sullivan got a good point near the end. And as you said there at the start, you know, a point blank save, literally point blank save from Scott Osborne, from Kieran Lillis. He got a strong fist on it. Um, so they really do have him to thank. But uh, that's what that's what goalkeepers are there for. And, you know, that's what the big players are there for, making big plays in important stages of games. And, and he absolutely did that. The Odemsey's captain, Matthew Hatch Finley, who explained during the week he got his nickname because he was a Bob the Builder fan when he was a kid and he pointed in that on TV and that's how he became the Hatch. I'm always intrigued by uh, leash nicknames. It seems to be the home of uh, GA nicknames for the best part. But on the field this year, he's been very impressive. Top scorer in the championship, eight points against Courtwood in the semi-final. It's obvious, but he's key to their chances if Odemsey's are going to win the cup this weekend. Oh, absolutely. And he's been their key player since... 2018, you know, he came on the scene and they were in the final uh, that year and he's followed on from that form and brought that form on with him and, you know, he is their talisman up front, you know, I'd say after Mark Barry, he's their most important player Um, and he nails his freeze, which is really, really important, you know, I think a good free taker can carry a team in both hurling and football and, and he does get them, like he got eight points the last day, but, you know, he's going to face his biggest test on Sunday, so he will have to come up with the goods, I will imagine, for Port Arlington to, to get their hands on the trophy. There's a little bit of a mirror to last weekend too. Cluck Balakala won the championship in Leash for a third year in a row with Declan Laffin, who's now going off to work with Tipperary next year and unsure whether he's going to be back in with Cluck uh, Balakala again. Similar circumstance with Port Arlington, they're going for three in a row. It would seem that Martin Murphy is going to be part of Liam Curran's backroom team with Offley. But just to give maybe people an insight about Martin, who's now at least from his perspective, trying to do three in a row at Port Arlington, was also won championships. Like we remember the 10 in a row being stopped with his Strad Valley team as well. There's few managers that have been more successful in the least championship than him. Uh, incredible record. You know, he he won a championship with Strad Valley back in 2005. Um, and then Port Leash were going for 10 in a row, as you said, in 2016. And Jody Dillon got that incredible last minute goal. So, you know, he came back to Strabble. He won his second championship with them, with a new generation of players. And now he's going for three in a row county championships with Port. And Port hadn't won a championship since 2001 before he took over. So, you know, incredible club record. And, you know, he will be hoping for a fairy tale ending like Declan Laffin got with Clock Balakala at the weekend. Now, that's his, he is to go. I, I, I don't know. I. Um, but you'd imagine if he's going in as a selector with an inter-county team, um, he will be moving on. But uh, look, he'll be he'll be wanting the same ending as Declan Laffin and Port Arlington will be wanting the same um, script on Sunday as Clock Balakala. I call the script then. Who's going to win this battle of neighbours then? Um, I'm going to go for Port Arlington. Just, just, I just think that they're they're coming to the boil at the right time um, and I think that they've got this far without really performing I think there's a big big game in them uh, so I'm just going to go with Port Arlington but uh, I'm expecting a great game and look may the best team win may the best team win I can't wait to see a good game of football um, so listen we'll, we'll see how it goes on Sunday yeah, 4pm throwing at MW Hire O'More Park in Port Leash. It's O'Dempsey's up against the reigning champions Port Arlington and John will be on commentary for Midlands 103. John, great to catch up with you as always. Thanks a million. All the best, Will. See you later. Now, Bally Buffet will play host to the Donegal Senior Football Final. St. Union's on 15, going for their 16th, up against Nave Connell, who've got the five. The game is at half past four on Sunday. 
And this is a fairly interesting rivalry. It's the sixth time they'll have met in the final since 2005. On commentary for Highland at the weekend is going to be Brendan Kilcoyne, who is a two-time Donegal Championship winner as a player with St. Unions, also one time as manager of the club, but also won two titles in his native Sligo with Tubber Curry as well. And he's going to be breaking down the game for the listeners on Highland Radio. Brendan, good afternoon to you. How are you getting on? I'm very good, Will. Good afternoon to you too. Tell me about this first. How does the Sligo man end up in so enriched and entrenched in Donegal football? Well, I suppose I, I moved up here in 96. I worked with Ulster Bank and I moved up here in 96. I transferred to St. Junins in 97. And I suppose I just, I, I was playing with Tupper Curry and Sligo at the time and I just decided I'd try. I was kind of reaching my late 20s. So I said I'd try something different and was lucky enough to be involved in a few championship winning teams, Will. And I suppose from there on, one thing led to another. And here I am now. I've kind of been involved with Donegal senior, under 21 and minor teams in the past too. So, yeah, enjoyable. An adopted son now at this stage. This is Glenties against Letterkenny, essentially. And the last few years, these two teams have kind of been ending little runs for each other as well. We look back to late last year, you know, St. Unions stopped Nave Connell when they're on a run. They potentially could have won three in a row. And now it's kind of swapped back the other way where Nave Connell are going to try and stop St. Unions. So um, this is an interesting little rivalry with lots of uh, recent clashes between the teams in the business end of championship. Yeah, you know, this, I think this is their sixth championship meeting since... You know, Nave Connell became, Glenties became a force in around 2005. Jim McGuinness would have been involved in managing them at that time. And there's been some, you know, really, really big clashes with these two teams down through the years so as well. And, you know, there's never too much between it. They're always very keenly contested and always very cagey. And obviously, there's always a big tactical element to these games too. And, you know, if you go back to even last year, you know, Nave Connell were going in as really hot favourites, as you say, going for three in a row. And, you know, Unions turned up on the day and just blew them away so that it, and, you know, there's a really, really keen rivalry between the two teams. Now, obviously, the person, a lot of the personnel have changed. Nave Connell still have players, you know, that would have played back in 2005. Brendy McDyer would have played back then. And, you know, Liam McClune was involved a couple of years later. Anthony Thompson, of course. And, you know, the players that have been around a fair bit where the Unions team is pretty, you know, it's a really young team, particularly their top eight you know, you're looking at 22 years old and younger for the top eight, I would think. So, you know, it's going to be it's going to be another Titanic. Final, so they didn't. And obviously, like, you know, as you would expect, so they're going to be gunning to get for revenge on Sunday. It makes a very interesting story, doesn't it? On the face where you've got an experienced team up, a pretty youthful team. And uh, even in my own county in Offaly, a couple of weeks ago, we rode against Tullamore, which is almost exactly the same, where Road had, I think, 10 players who were over the age of 30 that started the game and Tullamore had a very youthful side. And in the end, the old dogs were able to use that experience to win. So even if you are coming in with a youthful side, it's no guarantee that the season team won't come out on top here. Oh, absolutely not. And, th- and there's no guarantee here with either of these two teams, you know, that the, the rivalry is so keen. And what, what invariably has happened over a lot of the years is that the underdogs have upset the favourites because they're coming in undercover somewhat. Um, but, you know, the, the, there's a huge knowledge, like, you know, both Rory Cavanagh, the St. Junin's manager, Martin Regan, the Nave Connell manager, they know these teams inside out, so they do from both playing and managing them over the last number of years. And, you know, it's, it's going to be hugely keenly contested. I suppose, you know, you, you look at, there's a couple of big factors here. And, you know, Sean Patton, Donegal goalkeeper, is in, in, in the nets for, for St. Junin's. And, you know, his kickouts have been phenomenal. In the semi-final, he kicked a couple of bombs that just 
totally took out the Kilcar press and found forwards up on their own, you know, the attack in 65. So that's going to be a huge feature, so it is. And on the other hand, you know, last year, Union's got an awful lot of joy pressing up on Stephen McGrath's kickout. So them two areas are going to be crucial. So they are, how are the different teams going to, you know, going, going to go at that? And that, that's going to tell a lot of the story come Sunday. Yeah, it's always intriguing when teams know each other so well. They can almost kind of, double guess what the tactics are going to be and maybe double guess the solutions that they might put in place to try and get round to that press as well like, I think on the face of it this is probably going to be a pretty cagey and quite interesting game Yeah they normally are very cagey and you know I would imagine particularly to start off and you know Nate Connell would not want to give uh, St. Junans the run that they got at them early in the game last year um, because Junans have pace and they're scoring forwards there's three O'Donnell brothers playing for St. Junas, who incidentally their father is actually from Glenties, so um, they're they're obviously they're living in Letterkenny, Nile and Shane, who both played for Donegal and Connor, who was involved in the squad last year too, the Donegal squad last year. So you know, the, the, the Unions have the artillery up front to hurt them, but that said, you go through this Nave Connell team and the wealth of experience to have at the back, and the big guy Charlie McGinnis playing at the edge of the square along with. Um, Leo McLoon from the Donegal team that won the All-Ireland 2012 and they're two big target men inside and if there's a susceptible diff or you know shortcoming in this St. Junan's team high ball into the square seems to cause them trouble over the last couple of years so I'm sure Nave Connell will be pinpointing that but you know Mike Tyson says we all have a plan we get punched in the face and these tactical plans can be blown really quick if you're setting up defensively another team gets a few scores and you have to come out and that changes the course of the game well no for sure do we take Nave Connell as the best team in Donegal over the last decade or so like given their record particularly over the last six years of getting to county finals yeah well I think over the last five or six years you'd have to like you know this is their sixth final in the row as you said they were going for three in a row last year and um, like they the, the, the beat this St. Junan's team in two semi-finals for two of them county final victories too. So it's so you know that they've been always there and their ability to come back every year and win you know and get through the county final is massive. Whereas Unions had been you know they hadn't been won a county final since I think 2014 up to last year, but they have come now with a really young team. But like St. Junan's are going like. You know, let's take it that this rivalry started in 2005. I think Unions are going for maybe their seventh title and Nave Connell are going for their sixth title. So that shows you, you know, that they've been the two dominant forces over that 15, 17 year period. Glenn Swilly won a few and Yidor won a couple and Kilcar won one. And they're your big four in Donegal. They're the four that at the start of the year, you're saying, you know, the winner's going to come from that for you can nearly definitively say that because you know they've dominated for so long and particularly these two that are facing off on Sunday well yeah it's very tight between the meetings between them 2005 Unions ahead the moment 3-2 on the head-to-head when it comes to finals so uh, there's been very little between them historically even the, over that last kind of 17 year period looking through all of the local paper previews that I could get my hands on in Donegal it seems both management teams are saying they're in pretty good shape for this weekend there's one injury on each side I think Peter McEniff is a bit of a doubt he's got a hand issue and potentially Ethan O'Donnell might be missing on the other side but aside from that they're pretty much at full strength it seems Pretty much at full strength, yeah. And, you know, both players would be big losses to their respective teams. Particularly Ethan O'Donnell, you know, he's been he's probably been Nave Conn's most consistent performer throughout the championship this year, coming from wing back, attacking, posing a huge attacking threat from that area, Will. And, you know, he'd be a massive loss to them. 
if he's not available. So obviously you want to see all players available. And Dave Connell did lose two players just before the throw-in in the semi-final. The experienced Leo McLuhan and Johnny O'Malley, but both are said to be okay now going into the final. And, you know, St. Junin's uh, Darren Mulgrew had been missing for the quarter final with a hand injury, but he's back and he had a superb game in the semi-final against Kilcar last week. So both teams will be at or near at full strength and that's going to only go to add to the occasion too. Yeah, both managements were very much insisting the Euro team are really good. This gonna, we're going to be at our best to win. So I think that's reflective of probably every preview across the country. Half four, Bally Buffet on Sunday. It is St. Unions against Nave Connell and uh, Brendan's going to be in commentary with Highland Radio. How are you calling it, Brendan? Who do you think is going to win? It's it's really difficult. Like you know, it's funny. There was a poll in one of the local papers, and I think twelve people were polled, and ten of them kind of plugged for St. Junins. Now that's proved to be a kiss of death in the past in certain finals where there's been such an overwhelming favourite, and it's kind of gone against the grain. And two thousand and five would be one example of that. Personally, I think you know St. Junins, and as as an ex St. Junins player and manager, I would love to see them win. But I think it's going to be really tough. I have huge respect for this Nave Connell team and their ability to come back, as we said every year, and you know to take belts and to get on. They're a really tough, hardened team. But I think you know St. Junins should just shade it, but it'll be very marginal, maybe after extra time or a replay. Should be an excellent final. Uh, Highland Radio, of course, carrying radio commentary from half past four. It's also on TG Carr on the telly as well. Brendan, thanks a million for looking forward to the final with us. Okay, thank you. Now it is time for us to have a look ahead to the Kildare Senior Football Final, which will pit Nace against Clane at Newbridge half past three on Sunday afternoon. Nace trying to win title number 10, the defending champions, up against the Clane team, who are one of the major kingpins of Kildare football, with 17 titles, but haven't won the Dermot Burke since 1997. To look forward to this, we're joined by KFM commentator Jer McNally. Jer, how are you getting on? Good, Will. Thanks for having me on. This sets up very interesting, doesn't it? Um, Nace, who obviously came to the fore and had their run at Croke Park last year in the Leinster Championship, back to try and defend their title against a claim team, as I mentioned in the outro, who've had to go a long time to try and lift the cup again. Yeah, absolutely. It's a novel pairing, considering that Kildare JA have been pretty much dominated by the two Moorfield clubs. Um, Moorfield and Sarsfield stay have been the, by far the dominating teams um, over the last two decades really in Kildare football so to have a final without either one of those is a very rare thing I think it's only the fourth time this century it was uh, it's only the, the first year sorry the second year since the mid 90s that at least one of those wasn't in the Kildare semi-final so there has been a bit of a sea change in Kildare GAA but um, I think anybody who'd been looking at the underage set up in Kildare over the last uh, five or six years in terms of minor football and even going back further to coming to Munskull finals 10, 12 years ago uh, to see these two teams in a final probably isn't a massive surprise because they have been dominating at underage level and they have been coming teams Nace as you said made it there last year in great style and ended a long drought and now Klein are back in the final for the first time since 1998 um, and they have a very talented young side and it really is set up for a good game two very quick athletic sides coming face to face I did wonder if that was an outlier, the fact that the teams in Moorfield's case particularly haven't been Leinster champions that recently to not be involved in the final. I was wondering if this was a one-off kind of year where themselves and Sarsfields don't get to a semi-final. But what you've said there, not to get away from the two teams who are in the final, it seems maybe that they've now come to the fore and the two other clubs might be playing catch-up now. Yeah, it is. It's interesting because uh, we spoke to Tom Cribben after his team's semi-final win, uh, and he was uh, he was actually the manager of Clay, player manager uh, when they last reached the final back in '98, and he was a big part of their successful teams through that era. 
And he, he was very blunt about his own club. He said that they were so successful at senior level through the 90s that they took their eye off the ball at underage level. Um, I, I just wonder, has something similar happened now? Particularly Moorfield, they seem to be on, on a bit of a, a downward slope. Um, they obviously lost the two O'Connor brothers, Jack Sons, um, Keane, and particularly Aina. They were huge players for them for the last few years. They've gone back to carry their massive losses and very, very hard to replace. But it does feel as if they've just come to an end of their cycle. Um, Sarsfield's maybe a little bit different. They, they Seem, still seem uh, fairly well set. They just came up against Nace in the quarterfinals this year and um, had the draw panned out a little bit differently. Sarsfield maybe would have been still one of the contenders this season, uh, but Moorfield definitely, they've dropped away a little bit and, and Nace and Crane are, are setting the pace now. It's remarkable you think about Clubman when you mentioned Tom Cribben there. As you said, he was uh, still playing while coaching back in 97. I'm sure he didn't think when he came off the field in 98 that they would have to wait until now to get back potentially uh, to the top of the mountain again. Yeah, absolutely. It is kind of amazing the way the cycle goes. Um, after that 98 final, which is a, a famous final down here in Kildare because um, obviously Kildare were very successful that summer under Mikko and uh, that county final wasn't played until about a couple of weeks before uh, the Christmas Day and the, the weather conditions were absolutely horrendous. Killeen only scored four points in that match when they were beaten by Round Towers. But um, they were in semi-finals then in, in 99, 2000 and 2001. They have to wait then for another semi-final on 2000, until 2007. Um, and this is their first year back then in the senior semi-final senior semi-final even and they're a minor final since 2007 and they really did go through some low times and particularly in 2018 they played in a relegation final against League Slip they were a point down in injury time uh, for all the world looked a beaten team then until they scored two late points and turned that around and it was League Slip were relegated and they are still in the intermediate ranks here because they're trying to get back up since so that was a real sliding door moment for Klein because uh, since then they've had a real influx of youth into their side and gone from strength to strength Yeah how quickly things turn um, we spoke to Eamon Callaghan after his spectacular exploits I think we'll call them at Crow Park and he was talking about you know how excited he was and much he was relishing that it kind of wickled there you get used to those big inter-county days but then when he's back with his club with Nace last year he said he was relishing the fact that they go back to play a couple of games at GA headquarters and he enjoyed kicking points and kicking pressure freeze even at his advancing years I think as he, he's about to turn 40 or maybe recently turned 40 he's still a pretty key player for the defending champions here he is, he is. I think he's 40 just in early November, so yeah, he's approaching that big uh, landmark in his life, but um, he's an absolutely remarkable player, a remarkable character. Um, he's like somebody like Ronan Swinney down here in Kildare, who I kind of uh, liken him to, and that he, he had a very distinguished inter-county career, but then when he's gone back to his club, uh, rather than kind of winding down the time, he seems to have gone to another level altogether, and um, this season in particular... The quarterfinal victory that I mentioned against Sarsfields, that was a game that Nace found themselves in a real mess, really. They were uh, six points down at the halftime break, albeit playing into the wind in the first half. Uh, but then they had key forward, Derek Kerwin, sent off in the 38th minute for a second yellow card and lost midfielder Alex Byrne then three or four minutes later to a black card. So although they had got a couple of points back early in the second half and still 15 v 15, they were still two or three points down with 13 men on the fields and uh, I think Eamon Callaghan just took over then after that and, and his second half performance in that match in his long distinguished career and I've seen a lot of games that he's played for, for Kildare and Ace through the years and I think that was one of his most exceptional performances ever. He, he really did play a huge part in dragging his team over the line there and um, Nace seemed to have added a string to their bow this year because they would have been kind of... Um, known as a really I suppose nice team to watch attractive side playing a really nice brand of football but this year they've shown they're able to dog out victories as well and um, they have Joe Murphy there as the manager now an era old club man and, and uh, well known in era old circles uh, circles and Carlo GAA as well and he seems to have added a real bit of steel to them as well now uh, as well as all the other positives that they have, have going for them 
Yeah, and things are going remarkably well for Nace as a club currently on, on yeah. both sides, both for the big ball and for the small ball. Is there that possibly now they're going to become the powerhouse in both codes in Kildare here? Yeah, yeah, it might even have already happened. Um, the hurlers won their fourth successive senior title there a couple of weeks ago, uh, and two of the players involved in that team, Brian Bourne and James Burke, were also hugely influential players for the footballers as well. And um, yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, we're in the midst of a nice takeover here in Calera. I think um, they're really setting a high standard for the rest of the teams to follow, particularly on the hurling side. That they uh, they seem well ahead of everybody else in Calera, although a, a young Manute side put up a decent showing against them in the county final. And um, but yeah, if they win back to back football titles here as well, it'll be back to back hurling and football doubles as well. And um, they have their minor hur- footballers in the in the final as well on Sunday too before the the main game as well. So. They have a huge amount of numbers there and a strength in numbers. And um, yeah, the, the hurlers had to wait a long time for the breakthrough to get that first of the four in a row. And once they kind of got that albatross off their, their back there around, from around their necks after they lost a couple of county finals, once they got over the line in county final day, they've gone to the four in a row. They won the All-Ireland Intermediate Hurling title last year. They play in the Leicester Senior Championship this year. And um, the, the, the footballers as well and the football side of things, they had to wait over 30 years up to last year for their, their first title in, in such a long time. And again, the feeling is that uh, yeah, having got that first one under the belt that they could be set now for a few years of dominance Yeah I, I've got a feeling given that they're playing first time Offaly champion Shinron in the first round in Leinster they might really fancy getting a senior uh, win onto their notch when it comes to Leinster as well uh, given everything they've done as you mentioned winning the All-Ireland Intermediate last year What's your take on this weekend then? Who do you fancy? Um, yeah, it should be a very interesting game because both sides played against um, Atai and, and Selbridge respectively in the semi-finals. There were two very well-organised uh, defences and I suppose the feeling that uh, of Nace Klain will be there both more inclined to attack and it should lead to a pretty open game. Although uh, I think Nace, uh, they, they will be cute I'm sure because they won't want to leave themselves too open because Klain have a lot of scoring threats. But it, it would appear that had the potential to be a high-scoring game and um, the weather conditions um, the weather forecast doesn't look great so that maybe will will put a bit of a dampener quite literally on things on Sunday mm-hmm. afternoon but if the weather stays good we could be set for a real treat and um, they, they both sides have a huge amount of young athletic players who can cover the grounds and um, you would, I suppose, have to fancy Nace, the fact that they were there last year. They have that a bit of experience as well of playing through the Leicester Senior Championship. And they've plenty of scorers themselves, like like Darren Kerwin was kept fairly quiet by Selbridge and Mick O'Grady, who was the, the Kildare fullback uh, senior team. He was marking him and did a, a really good job on him. And yet Kerwin got two swings of his boot at the bottom in the last 15 minutes and scored two crucial goals. So they do have that kind of threat. And, Nace, and they are capable of pretty much scoring out of nowhere because they, they really do uh, hit you on the break if they force turnovers in the centre of the field and one straight pass can, can change the whole flow of a game, momentum in a game. So, yeah, you'd, you'd probably have to favour an ace given they've been there and done that. But Clane, on the other hand, they do have really good uh, scoring threats in Brian McLaughlin and Shane O'Sullivan. Uh, they're strong defensively. Robbie Phillips has had a fantastic year at full-back. Um, Keane Burke and goal has been terrific as well. Ty Montgomery um, is another one raiding forward. But I suppose Ty Montgomery and, and Paddy McDermott on the opposite sides. Nice man, Paddy McDermott. There are two sides. There are two players to sum up the sides, really. They're two quick young players who are very good ball carriers can cover a huge amount of ground and it will be kind of a, a almost feel like a basketball match sometimes I feel in terms of just being end to end and it should be a very entertaining game Yeah fingers crossed half three St Collins Park in Newbridge this coming Sunday that is Nace against Clane in the Clare Senior Football Final and Ger will be calling the action on KFM Ger great to catch up with you as always Thanks indeed Will lovely to be on OTB GAA